Welcome to Unsung Stories, where we'll be chatting to unacclaimed mamas in the Christian world who love Jesus, are faithfully seeking to know and love God more, and pointing their families to Him. I'm your host, Laura Smith, and I hope that you will find solidarity with a regular mum living out the gospel in regular ways and be encouraged in your own unsung story. Thanks for joining us. Hi there, and thanks for tuning in to another episode of Unsung Stories. This week on the show, Rachel talks about her transition to motherhood and how it brought her to her knees physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Through all the hardships she was enduring, she really questioned whether she believed in God. And it's these real-life unsung stories that we want to share. How God is working in mums through the ordinary, often hard, unacclaimed moments of our everyday. God is working in the unseen, in the broken, in the angry, in the pain. Please partner with us as we seek to share these stories and offer solidarity to mums who feel stuck in the hardness of motherhood and offer encouragement to the mums who might not be finding it hard right now, but love hearing how God is working through mums in motherhood. When you subscribe and review and share and comment and like and pray, it all facilitates this happening. Much like God working in these mundane moments, your seemingly mundane actions actually have real impact. But enough about all of that. Let's jump into this conversation with Rach and hear how God has been refining her through her hardship. Hello and welcome to another episode of Unsung Stories. Thanks so much for joining us, Rach. Thank you for having me. Just so that our listeners can get to know you a little bit better, would you mind telling us a bit about you and your family and what everyday life looks like for you? Sure. So my name's Rachel. I'm 28. I'm married to Bryce and we have a little boy called Rex and he's one heading towards one and a half. And so I'm at home with him and then I work one day a week as a physio. And how did you come to know Jesus? So I grew up in a home, well, a Christian home, yeah. So my parents are both Christians and um, we grew up reading the Bible together at breakfast with the cereal and um, going to church every week. We, my, my family was very regular at church and actually um, my mum in particular was very involved in sort of upfront ministry. So church was very much part of my life, Bible very much part of my life. So I don't think there was a time that I didn't know of Jesus. Mm, Yeah. Do you ever remember making a distinct choice to follow Jesus or would you just say that it's something that you've always believed? So I don't think I ever made a decision to not follow him, but I can see looking back that I definitely, I probably had my feet in both camps for a while, particularly through Mm. my teenage years where I felt like, oh, I don't totally fit at church, but I don't totally fit with like my non-Christian friends. Mm. What what do I do? But, but still going along to church. And, um, and then I remember I, I was about 17. There was a particular sermon that I heard that just talked about every breath that we are given is a gift from the Lord. And it's not something that's owed to you, but your chest is rising and falling because God is allowing it to. And he can take that away at any time. And He, so he's sustaining you and that's a gift. And every breath that you have is an opportunity to repent and turn to him. And I had just never thought of that before. I don't think I'd ever truly understood God's grace for me because I had never really understood how sinful I was. And for whatever reason, in that particular sermon, it just really struck me just 
how deep grace was because of how big my sin was. Like I just, yeah, the two of them mm. just really um, became very clear to me. And so that I think from that moment is where I made a real decision to follow Jesus. That's great. Uh, so your little boy Rex is now one and a bit. How have you found the transition to motherhood? Wow, yes, um, quite a transition. Um, so, yeah, I I love him so much. I didn't anticipate how much I would love him, how hard it would be to be with him all the time, but never wanting to be away from him. Um, I feel like there's not a single part of my identity that has not been affected by becoming a mother. Like literally I'd sometimes, I can't even remember my old self. Like I, mm. I miss I miss her a bit. But Also like the new age as well. Yeah, I like the new me too. But, um, but yeah, it's been a pretty full-on change. Like I mean, yeah, I, I have the same like hairdo and stuff. But I, <laughs> yeah, just like the emotional oh gosh just it's been deep and like frightening and awesome but just so a year and a half of just going through every aspect of your brain and checking out what it actually stands for yes absolutely yeah it's been pretty crazy in a word so with that do you feel like motherhood has been what you've expected oh I just laugh about my expectations of motherhood Oh, so I um I was so convinced that I just could do it probably better than everyone and how hard could it really be, you know? And like I didn't tell anyone that, of course, because that's <laughs> but, but I think in my heart I probably thought that and so like the the best example of this, I was thirty two weeks pregnant and I woke up one day, I'd been feeling like not great, but I woke up feeling really good. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to write myself a letter and try and give that future me. I know I'm going to get a bit wacky. So I'll just write like some tips and perspectives to just kind of like guide me along the right path. Make sure she stays on track. (laughs) Oh, and it was like, I mean, it was like good intention and it was about like, prioritize your husband and um, get the baby to just eat what you eat and don't fuss around with the food and, and just like it's okay if he cries a bit and you know get him to sleep you don't don't fuss around with all this fussing and oh my goodness I did tear up that paper <laughs> scrunch tear throw I just I couldn't read it for ages like, I remember I actually knew that letter was there and it just sat like in the cupboard wherever I had it, it was burning this hole in like like oh how could I be so ignorant and then so I have felt like honestly like I have just been on a diet of humble pie ever since I had this (laughs) child yeah I just never understood what just exhaustion could do to a person or or just how emotionally attached I would be to this child and like what what the sound of his cry would do to me like physically and and yeah just like how sleep deprived I would become and how that just changes everything yes it has not quite been what I have expected so what has been the biggest challenge or challenges as you've wrestled with your different and unmet expectations that you've had yeah I think as I said if I'm really honest I just kind of thought that if I really just believed it would happen that I would have this very cool and friendly relaxed obedient child who would say please and thank you and put itself to bed and (laughs) like just do like I just thought oh that's just everyone's doing it wrong (laughs) you just you just like hope it happens and it just happens if you're just chilled enough about it no 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 and so kind of reflecting on it I see now that a lot of my hopes about how that would go is just really tied up in how I would be perceived by others 
sort of talking to people as I was pregnant and, oh, make sure you don't do this and, oh, you don't want to turn out like one of these mums, blah, blah, blah. Mm. So I, I really wanted to have this like relaxed persona where I wasn't like over the top about stuff and I was calm and always consistent and patient and it would just all work out really well for me. And like, honestly, I don't think it was on my heart to please God, like those things to be calm and patient and all those things. I don't think that was from a godly place. I do think it was really concerned with making others think I was I was good. So I'd expected this child that was so polite and I got like a pretty rude one. <laughs> Instead of going to sleep, he just he had this really like shrill crying that just like I couldn't handle it. He didn't settle easily. It got to the point where he as a 1-year-old was sleeping in increments of 45 minutes through the night and he co-sleeping and I'm breastfeeding him like like I'm going out of business. Like it was I just loathed myself like I hated myself that I that I'm doing all of these things that the pregnant me told me not to do I'm just like I yeah I really struggled with just that lack of control and so you know I felt like okay I I can't handle the sleep but at least he's friendly and then he was just like cry if people looked at him and and so I just yeah I everything was out or is out of my control and so I really have had to surrender that idea that I could just dictate how things went so yeah, I was pretty exhausted. I mean, I'm still pretty tired, but um, I was missing my husband, missing my old self, like really grieving my old life. Fully terrified of being invited to a dinner party because I was really scared. People were like, come around for dinner. I'm like, I don't know what to do with my baby. Like, I don't know how to get him to sleep, but he's just crying at your house and everyone's waiting. The dinner's getting cold. I was just scared of dinner. So mm. angry at Rex, angry at Bryce for just not knowing what to tell me to tell Rex like Mm. I don't know angry with myself like I said for just not doing my dumb letter and then just eventually just feeling really angry at God that it wasn't easing up and like Mm. I'd ask him like Lord this is a bit too much for me can you just like pull up a bit (laughs) it didn't happen and then times where I was just like scream crying into a pillow just like I can't do this anymore and spending oh I feel sick to think about how long I've spent like shushing or patting or rocking or bouncing in a room all year and I just felt so angry like swearing and I couldn't I could just oh just this overflow of like ugly heart stuff yeah I guess as time went on I just felt like physically so fatigued Mentally exhausted, emotionally exhausted, and then just spiritually feeling really flat. Really got to the end of your well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so kind of I guess as a part of that whole situation is my sister and my parents um, moved five hours up the coast to help start a church. Mm. And so a pretty good chunk of my support network kind of up and left. And, of course, like I talked to to them on the phone and stuff, but just that distance was really hard. And so there I am just like torture level, sleep deprived, (laughs) grieving over this really big change in my family. You know, COVID hits and I can't meet at church anymore. I'm trying to be a good wife. I'm trying to be a good mother. I'm so flipping tired. And then I just started thinking like God doesn't care about me. I don't think he likes me. Like I don't like me. I I hate this like letter disregarding version of myself and you know, all I've done this year is just sin and swear and like rage and he must just hate me like I'm the worst. And I kind of look back and see that I had had that same kind of train of thought of God doesn't really like me. He couldn't really care about me. Um, and they'd come up and down, but I'd just sort of push them down. But in this new spot where I was just super raw, like 
dead horse getting flogged in this really vulnerable state, I just kind of sat in those thoughts in a way that I hadn't before. I think I'd always been frightened of what would happen if I like thought those thoughts. So I'd ask God to help me. Like I, I remember, you know, putting Rex in the car and I'm putting him in and he's crying and just like praying, God, please let me figure this out. Like give me time. But I just felt like I was getting radio silence and just not. And so I started to doubt that he was even there. Like, wow. Yeah. That was where I was at. That's a hard, hard spot to sit. Mm. How did you handle that doubt? Was it something that you just kept quiet, kept to yourself and stayed in it? Or did you have people to share it with? Um, well, I think it really distressed me because obviously like from being a child had been like a foundational part of my life. And so I built my whole life on um, God being true and, and caring about me and all of this. So it wasn't something I thought, oh, maybe God's not there and oh, well, I'll just get on with my week. Like it was quite at the mm-hmm. front of my mind. So I spoke um, with my husband about it quite a lot. Like I said, oh, I'm just worried. Like, I'm scared. Have you ever thought this? Are you thinking this? And he's like, no, I'm actually not. But anyway, we talked about it a bit. Um, but I was also afraid of what people would think of me, of course, and being a long-time churchgoer with parents who had been known around the place. And I was serving at church and I'm thinking, I'm doubting the existence of God. Like how what, how scandalous this would be. I would hate for people to know about this. So I did, I did feel really afraid of what people would think of me. So I ended up, I, I think, um, God led me to this, but I ended up just sharing with a a friend from church who was wiser than me and who was really gracious. And I said, look, this is where I'm at. I'm like, I'm a bit afraid to tell you, but this is what I'm thinking. And this is where I've been. And she, um, and she actually shared, you know what, I've been through the same thing. And that's a really tough spot to be in. Yeah. She said, can I just urge you don't look for your answers like in the world, lean into the word, read the scriptures. There's heaps of richness there. Like go to the Lord. And she sent me a podcast to listen to that was um, about doubt in particular and on Psalm 73. And so as I listened, it was kind of like I was super thirsty and I was just getting this real good glass of water. Like, oh, wow. Okay. Right. Like I'd felt so much shame about having doubt um, and felt like I'd needed to kind of sort it out intellectually on my own in private because what would God think of me if he knew that I was doubting he existed and yeah I always find it funny that I I think I can keep my thoughts private from God (laughs) anyway but yeah I I just I thought too that it was just a sign like if I was a better Christian I would believe harder I would I wouldn't be doubting what kind of a Christian doubts and and then here's this psalmist talking about being in a really vulnerable state of doubt and um, saying my feet had almost slipped and like a near loss of faith and I I was amazed. Yeah, I, I'm sure I'd read it before, but I just to see it with fresh eyes and, and see that I should have come to God with my doubts and processed them in his presence and prayed through them. But, I yeah, just tried to do this secret private working out on my yeah. own. And so just even in that circumstance where that friend spoke to me and sent through this podcast, I just really felt overwhelmed by God's kindness to me in my doubt. And um, I guess in my kind of running from from him, he just like extended a hand where I didn't deserve it. And so after I was reading Psalm 73, which the sermon was on, and I kind of flicked over a few pages to Psalm 77 and I just started reading through it and I just wept like it just spoke so directly to my heart at the time 
word for word that all I could do was just cry. And as I read this psalm, I like, have Christians doubted or have God's people doubted? Yes. Like, have, have people felt abandoned by God? Yes, absolutely. Like, but there was this answer there to appeal to those doubts and remember who God is and what he's done. And that, that word remember, I'm like, oh, I've forgotten. I forgot who he is. Just reading through this psalm and then, you know, getting into the word more, I was just reminded of the richness of the scriptures and how it's, it's living and life-giving. And so, mm. yeah, it was pretty, um, pretty awesome. Mm, that's beautiful. Rach, would you mind just taking a minute and reading that psalm for us? No worries. So uh, Psalm 77. I cried out to God for help. I cried out to God to hear me. When I was in distress, I sought the Lord. At night, I outstretched untiring hands and I would not be comforted. I remembered you, God, and I groaned. I meditated and my spirit grew faint. You kept my eyes from closing. I was too troubled to speak. I thought about the former days, the years of long ago. I remembered my songs in the night. My heart meditated and my spirit asked, Will the Lord reject forever? Will he never show his favour again? Has his unfailing love vanished forever? Has his promise failed for all time? Has God forgotten to be merciful? Has he in anger withheld his compassion? Then I thought, to this I will appeal. The years when the Most High stretched out his right hand. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. I will consider all your works and meditate on all your mighty deeds. Your ways, God, are holy. What God is as great as our God? You are the God who performs miracles. You display your power among the peoples. With your mighty arm, you redeemed your people, the descendants of Jacob and Joseph. The waters saw you, God. The waters saw you and writhed. The very depths were convulsed. The clouds poured down water. The heavens resounded with thunder. Your arrows flashed back and forth. Your thunder was heard in the whirlwind. Your lightning lit up the world. The earth trembled and quaked. Your path led through the sea. Your way through the mighty waters, though your footprints were not seen. You led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. Oh, it even makes me like a bit teary to read those questions about like, will the Lord reject forever? Has he failed for all time? And I love that line about um, where it talks about him leading his people out of Egypt. Oh, your path led through the sea in verse 19. Um, your way through the mighty waters, though your footprints were not seen. And I just, mm. oh my goodness, I thought, oh, I've, you've been carrying me and you've been leading me, but I've just, yeah, what side of you I Amazing. I found that really encouraging in that we can't stay in our own feelings. So we might mm -hmm. feel like God isn't real or there or caring or really something to prioritize, but we have to come back to the truth, yeah. um, back to what God says. Yeah. Um, so that, that psalm was written pre-Jesus. So for us, we've just got to go back to the Bible and God's mm -hmm. word. And yeah, we have to come back to what does the Bible say about our doubt and our feelings? Yeah, I can see that our yeah that our feelings, without that appeal of um, remember who God is, remember what mm. He's done, um, can lead us to believe that God yeah doesn't care or that He's mm. forgotten us or they can be misleading. 
Yeah, it makes me think of that Psalm, Psalm 42, when it's, why are you downcast, oh my soul? You can just see the psalmist like, you know, feeling depressed and down, but he doesn't go, oh, I feel this, so God must not be real. Mm. It's, I feel this. I'm going to remember the truth, but God, you are. Yeah, yeah. Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Saviour and my God. Remember the truth. Remember who he is, not staying in our feelings. Yeah. But acknowledge that you have feelings because we are human. Yeah, yeah. So what's some practical things that have helped you as you question what your beliefs are? Um, I think uh, first up being being honest, um, yeah, with trusted friends, with Christians, being honest about where I was at was a really important thing for me, for the, them to be able to sort of speak into that. I think if I hadn't mentioned it to anyone um, and continue to try and solve it on on my own, um, the way I, I was going was not headed to a healthy place. And so I think mm-hmm. being honest um, and being vulnerable and kind of, you know, having to lay down that, yeah, what other people think of me and go, if, if this is true then it's more important that I sort this out and I just need to be humble mm. enough to come and say I'm really struggling with doubt and I'm not sure that I believe this. I'm not sure that God is real. Can you help? Mm. Where do I turn? Um, so mm. seek, I would say, be honest with trusted Christian friends and ones who uh, would push you towards the cross or towards Christ. Mm. And then I would say uh, pressing into the word. I can see a pattern probably if I looked at a graph of my life of all the times that I've felt really in the desert is probably when I'm reading my Bible the least and um, spending a lot of time on Netflix or whatever. Like if you're getting your wisdom from Netflix, then you will start to, yeah. Anyway, so pressing into the scriptures because they're like God will speak if you have ears to hear. And and there is, I was reminded when I was reading through the Psalms just of that richness, um, like the, the, the living nature of God's word and how it's not just stagnant, it really speaks life and, and it's quite amazing. And then the other thing that I did try and do was just not give up with meeting, with going, with even serving. I was I thought, you know what, I think this is good for me. Turning up, I'm really struggling, but I'm going to listen and I'm going to I'm going to turn up. You're going to press into this. Yeah, I'm going to press in. And I did, I, I just I prayed that God would see me through the season. And, like, I did believe, too, that God was big enough to handle my doubt, that he wouldn't shatter because I was struggling to sort of understand who he was as mm. if he needs, needs my belief to keep him powered, like Sander and the sleigh or whatever. You know, he, he exists yeah. independent of me and so he's big enough mm-hmm. to handle my doubt. But, yeah, I just need to have the shoulders to carry that. Yeah. But, yeah, just really needed to press in I think was the mm. important thing for me. Do you feel like you have matured or grown through this? Mm. Has this season borne any fruit for you or do you still feel like you're in the midst of it? Yeah, I feel like it has definitely been a really tough season, but I'm starting to get to a point where I can look back and see what's happened and I can see that God has kind of shaken all of the shaky foundations where I'd put my identity. So in, in what other people thought of me, in my standing as a as a part of my wider family and who they were at church, in being a wife and being a mother, um, all these things that aren't bad things. And I mean, I guess we find some identity, but they weren't Christ. Like I wasn't, didn't have my identity in, in him. And so the harder that I strive to just do better, be a better mum, be a better wife, be a better family member, 
be perceived mm. better by others. Like just the harder I fell and the more I struggled, it was like I was in quicksand. And I think too, I was eating humble pie every day, but I don't know that I was like totally learning humility. I think I was still trying to do it on my own and still really fighting it, which is probably why it was so prolonged. But yeah, I see, see that I just can't earn salvation and it's only Jesus's death for me on my behalf that I can be saved. And so I think mm. I'm going to always struggle with wanting to please people and be worried about how they think of me. But I I do feel great. It's, it's probably hard for me to say, gosh, it has been so tough. Like I tear up just thinking about what this year has been like for me. But um, I do feel grateful that this hardship has caused me to reassess, to sort of hit like a spiritual rock bottom and just have to get on my knees and seek God. And so I still struggle, struggle with doubt. Like I think sometimes I sit in church and I'm like, am I in a cult? Like, but <laughs> do I do have cult moments? Anyway. I'm probably the wrong person to ask given that we go to the same church. <laughs> I don't think we are. No, I don't think so. If so, it's a large one. <laughs> anyway. But I do just pray that God will help me to seek him and to read the word and to remember. Like that has just been the key word for me over this season is just like remember who God is. Remember like in that psalm it talks about him rescuing his people from Egypt and then remember the cross. Remember what he did on the cross. Like his love is so clearly demonstrated there. And then remember the times in your life where, I mean, of course he's always working, but there's some key moments where you're convicted or shaped in a particular way. Like Mm. me, I need to remember those and not forget. Yeah. I see that God is not silent. He's quite loud if I'm willing to hear and he's quite visible if I'm willing to look, but I I just need to get Mm. on my knees and seek him. Would you have any encouragement that you could offer to another mum who might be wrestling with what she believes? Yes. Doubting definitely is human and pretty normal. I mean, you got um, apostles who doubt and they're like, I don't believe it. No way. And Yeah, Jesus says, you have little faith. Yes, you have little faith. And Thomas is like, where's, I don't believe it till I put my hand in your nail holes. And Jesus graciously allows him to do that. And go on. So Ephesians 2, 8. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves; it is the gift from God. Mm. We we only believe because God gives us the ability to. Yeah, yeah. I think I would encourage other mums in my situation to to look to the Psalms, I guess, as a a way of praying through those doubts. And so, having doubts is normal, but the way to rightly process them is that to take them to the presence of the Lord and like process them with him. So feel what you feel, but appeal is my I like that. The Psalm I read out, Psalm 77, verse 10. So he's asked those questions about has God gone away, vanished, does he not love me? And then he thought in verse 10, to this I will appeal. It speaks of the years when God has reached out his right hand, of God's deeds, of his miracles, of his mighty works, of the rescuing from Egypt. So feel the doubt, but appeal to yourself with truths about God. So lean in, open the word, pray. And the other thing is I think I have felt afraid of what God would think of me if he knew that I was doubting him, but God knows what's on your heart. There's no hiding from him. And a broken and a contrite heart he will not despise. Remember who he is. Preach the gospel to yourself. Mm. Lean on on his grace. Yeah. Mm. Rest in that. Mm. Rachel, thank you so much for sharing with us today, for putting aside your fears and concerns and speaking truth to us. Mama, I hope that you too are encouraged 
God is big enough for your pain, for your hurts, for your doubts. Take it all to Him. Pray and process with God. Pour over the scriptures, especially the Psalms. And know that you are not alone in your thoughts. God knows your heart and your mind. Feel what you feel, but appeal. Invite others in on your wrestling. Invite input from Christians who are for you. Remind yourself of truth. Remember who God is, what he's done on the cross, and what he said he will do. Rach is going to finish up our time together in prayer. Gracious God, we thank you for your word that it is light and life to us. Thank you for the gift it is to be a mother. And Lord, you know us well. You know when we sit and when we lie, when we rock and when we pat and when we struggle and we cry and we scream into pillows. You see it all and you see us. Um, I pray for those mums out there who are struggling with doubt, whose spirits ask, will the Lord reject forever? Will he never show favour again? Has his unfailing love vanished forever? Has his promise failed for all time? Has God forgotten to be merciful? Has he in anger withheld his compassion? I ask for mums that are thinking those thoughts, um, that by your spirit you would compel them, compel me to remember the years when you stretched out your right hand, your miracles, your works and your mighty deeds, how you rescued your people from Egypt and led them through the sea and you led them like a flock. You're a good shepherd Um, and your footprints weren't seen but you were there. Lord, remind us of the cross, of your promise, your favour, your compassion, mercy and unfailing love so clearly demonstrated in Jesus' death for us. Help us to seek you in our doubt, to pray through our doubt, to seek wisdom from Christian sisters who will turn us to the gospel. Please hold us and keep us through all the seasons you had for us, through hardship and through doubt. Please hold us firm. Amen.